Hey guys, it's Mina. Before we get started, I want to remind you to check out the First Draft podcast with ESPN experts Mel Kuyper Jr., Todd McShay, and friend of the program, Field Yates. They discuss the latest intel they're hearing leading up to April's draft every Monday and Thursday. Check out First Draft wherever you get your pods and on ESPN's YouTube page. Welcome back to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the host's pad level is so low, it's actually underneath his paws. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes. Didn't get a laugh. That's okay. Gonna keep plowing through it. Because, you know, dogs have pot pads under their paws. It, it's pretty good. It's pretty okay, good. Okay, thank you. That's Derek Klassen. Um, Second time on the show. Thank you for coming back, Derek. I really appreciate it. Yeah, now that it's my second time, do I get like, a, is there like a plaque or something? Or do I get like a t-shirt now? No, you gotta, I think, we keep a spreadsheet of uh, how many times our guest appears. And I think you have to, to really enter the Pantheon and, you know, like the SNL kind of thing, I think you have to do at least five or six times. So you got a little ways to go. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, uh, this is a first step because um, this is something I've been wanting to have you on for a while, which is to actually talk about the draft. I mean, coming up to this, you know, we're talking about... There's been so much NFL news and free agency and team needs and yada. We actually haven't had a lot of time to actually talk about the players ahead of the draft. Um, so this week, Derek, who, by the way, works for Football Outsiders, check out his work there. It is excellent. Uh, is going to talk to me about the quarterbacks, and then we're going to talk about the wide receivers. Next week, uh, Jordan Reed and Brandon Thorne are joining me to talk about pretty much the rest of the draft. Following week, and do a mock draft. So a lot of draft content um, right now, but... You know, I felt like we had to start with the quarterbacks. I've kind of talked about them a little bit, teased around it. Um, but now is the time to dive in because Derek does fantastic work. Actually, you know, just charting the quarterbacks, watching every every game. And yeah, and, and you also, I feel like, aren't afraid to zig where, you know, when the consensus is zagging sometimes on these guys. Yeah, it's definitely burned me a couple times, but I think uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm very willing to just because, you know, I think when you think about it from like a team's perspective, like if you're in like a team room or something, they are definitely going to have quarterbacks that they're just Xing off the board, even if, mm-hmm. you know, the league itself might have them as a first round pick. And I think I'm just pretty willing to do that for myself. Um, you know, you, you get Josh Allen's every now and then where, you know, I think I, I basically said I wouldn't draft him and then he ends up incredible. But, you know, I'm willing to Listen, I'm willing to do that. We all took a lot of L's on Josh Allen. I, yeah, the Allen one I don't feel as bad on. I, I, think I don't there know how many times I have to but. apologize for being wrong there. I feel like um, there are some Bill fans who, Bills fans who want me to like, I don't know, wear like a Josh Allen hair shirt. But I, I, I was wrong. I was wrong. Um, but yeah, you know, look, the draft is a crapshoot with quarterbacks every year teams get it wrong wildly wrong i mean odds are out of the five guys we're going to discuss who are the potential first rounders probably only one of them is going to become a viable nfl starter like a you know even above average starter but um all we can do now is just kind of watch the tape and think about how it translates to the nfl uh i guess before though we dive into your i want to go through kind of your rankings and talk about them that way um i just want to talk about the overall class which has been much maligned well it's funny because it's much maligned and everyone says you know if it was any other year these guys wouldn't be first round but every mock has multiple quarterbacks going the first round um how do you view this class in the context of like other classes in recent years 
Uh, I mean, I feel like everyone, you know, pushing them up to the first round is definitely just a lot of teams are panicking. And especially now that we've seen so many insane young quarterbacks over the past four years, we'll call it. um, I think every team now is just panicking and hoping that they can swing on that and get that in the rookie contract window. And are pretty willing to take, I think, riskier bets than maybe they would have um, a decade ago or something. And I think this class is like a really, really... um, good example of that like to me you know we'll get into my rankings and stuff in a little bit but like to me there are only two quarterbacks I would even think about in the first round and that is Ritter and Willis well you're spoiling Um, your own rankings (laughs) I mean a a little bit but like to me I think the way that I would frame it is like why I think they're so interesting is I think so they're the clear top two guys to me but I think it also after that just kind of comes down to like how do you view the position like if you're a purist and like you just want the guy who is going to be as good as he can be out of the gate. Um, It's going to do all the right things. You feel good about him. You obviously take Ritter. If you believe that the meta for quarterbacks now is just taking tools and praying to whatever football gods you can, that he figures himself out, you take the swing on Willis. Um, And then to me, like all the other guys after that, they would have been lucky to be like quarterback seven in last year's class. Stop spoiling your content. (laughs) Okay. Um, No, I I, I hear you on that. I think we'll, we'll talk about Willis, but yeah, I, I I don't know if you watch um, the former NFL quarterback JT O'Sullivan has these QB yes, school awesome. videos. Yeah, so they're really you guys should check it out. I'll link to it on my Twitter after this because they're super educational, super clear, and I would say also super fair. Right, like he it, he's always very even handed uh, in evaluating quarterback play, and I've gotten through most of his videos, not all of them, and the tone is not <laughs> you could tell he's like pretty underwhelmed and i you know just watch and then you know there's something to be excited about and he's like oh and then this game happened and i'm not you know it's some pretty bad stuff and i think um just watching them over the weekend i i just kind of i don't want to say it harshed my buzz necessarily but it, it was definitely a comeback to earth moment when you actually think about these quarterbacks not through the lens of where they're going to be taken but what they've actually done. Um, that said, we are going to, as you said, there are things to like. I also think there are things to like about the other quarterbacks too, the other three, and we'll talk about them. So, but let's start with your number one. Drum roll, please. Who is Derek Klassen's number one quarterback in this class? Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter. Uh, and like I talked about earlier, I'm kind of a purist um, for a lot of these quarterback types. I like the guy that can get to the backside dig. I like the guy that will throw the post in rhythm. Um, I like the guy that knows how to get to his checkdowns on time. And in this class, I think the guy that does that best is Desmond Ritter. Um, I just think his processing is is fantastic. I kind of like the fact that he's also been a four-year starter there. And you can kind of see the progression yeah. of him as a player, especially from his junior year to his senior year, I think. Because the funny thing is when he was a uh, junior and like kind of considering coming out in last year's class, which good thing he didn't because um, it was such a sacked class, my take was like, you can kind of see like a day two player, but he should probably go back. And then he did and he got better. And so, you know, he did all the things that I wanted him to do. So I think I kind of like him from that angle. Um, I think what, why part of why I'm also higher on Ritter is that I feel like his ceiling is getting undersold a little bit. Um, I feel like people are almost bucketing him into like a, he's just going to be Andy Dalton, but like, I think athletically he's a lot better than that. And I think, to me, the thing that I think people are getting confused about him is like, I think because he's so good at like just playing in structure, playing on time, people are mistaking him as a non-aggressive quarterback. But when you watch what he's doing in structure, he's throwing into ridiculous windows over the middle of the field on time. He's anticipating. He's not even looking at defenders. He's just knowing that they're not supposed to be there in that coverage. 
Um, I just think everything that he does in structure is like insanely aggressive and I'm just going to love those kinds of quarterbacks. You know, one time I said that I would fall for Deshaun Kaiser 10 times out of 10. And if that's what's going on here, that's what's going on <laughs> no. here. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> no, <laughs> but... the listeners are going to not listen to you <laughs> after saying that. Also, by the way, this would have been a much better reveal if you hadn't spoiled it, but whatever. Um, yeah, <laughs> the Ritter, Ritter at number one. Um, okay, so you said a lot of stuff. Let's get into it because uh, I, I think Desmond Ritter is kind of like the grower. Oh, mm phrasing he's like the <laughs> riser in this year's class and I think some of it by the way is because the perception of his ceiling is evolving a little bit I mean I definitely a lot of it is because I think teams are actually people are actually watching him and being like oh snap like he is definitely the most pro ready guy right in terms of his processing the offense he was asked to run the protections all that stuff decision making but I also think that you're right the, the ceiling is probably a little bit underrated I think it's rising because for a couple of reasons one you actually watch he does take risks. Um, you talked about some of the tight window throws. He's so good at throwing like tight window seam balls. Um, I'm thinking about also like you mentioned over the middle of the field, the, I, I, I don't want to keep citing the Notre Dame game because I feel like that's probably getting over-referenced here, but that there's that uh, deep crosser where he hits, um, uh, it's not Pierce who, by the way, I feel like his stock is entirely contingent on that one game. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, he, he does take risks. Um, I do think the deep ball is a little bit scattershot. Um, I'm, I do have questions about his arm strength, but I also think the ceiling, and this is maybe where some optimism lie in terms of like, okay, what's being not tapped here is the athleticism, which you alluded to. And that I think people are recognizing because of the combine, right? But then when you actually watch him, you see, oh, he, he can run. He doesn't run very often in this offense. Um, you know, he was primary purely has to be a pocket passer most of the time i mean he had a couple designed runs but you look at him and you think oh maybe there is something at the next level where he can actually be like an effective zone read quarterback as well right he doesn't run but he can like you said like to me it's kind of like ryan Tannehill has the same problem where it, it you know especially like younger Tannehill, where it's very clear that he has the athletic tools to be a valuable not only like you know scramble runner or whatever but design runner like you can get probably three four hundred yards out of him just on design stuff if you really want to he's a little slight so I don't know if you want to do it that much unless he like packs on some pounds but um I think that that's definitely what's going on with him um I also would say like I think the problem with his arm and Nate Tice has talked about this a lot it seems like on a lot of his deep balls he like it's almost like he's not unleashing himself. You know what I mean? Like he's just not putting all his weight into it. And this is weird that I'm bringing up Tannehill again, but like a younger Tannehill actually had that problem a lot in Miami. And he kind of fixed it as he got to Tennessee and got a little bit later in his career. And to me, you know, this is kind of my way of projecting it, but I just think that he's such a smart player and has already shown a degree of progression over the course of his career that I feel like it's something that he's going to be able to figure out. I, I was just Googling this. You, you mentioned Tannehill and like the, you know, who's his athletic comp and a thought I had, and I just Googled it and it's right. He is the exact height and weight of Alex Smith. And as we know, Alex Smith was a, you know, underrated um, dual threat quarterback. Uh, and Sneaky, some might say. Yeah, a little sneaky. And I do wonder, maybe, you know, there's some similarities there. I, I can't remember what Alex Smith's 40 time was. So I, don't, I think it was, yeah, it was a lot slower than Ritter's. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that's probably right about the deep ball. Um, I think my concern, and I think, and it's something I'd like to hear you address, I guess, is the accuracy. Um, there are some games, 
it's interesting. Like some of his best games, like Notre Dame and Indiana, it starts off incredibly, incredibly all over the place and then smooths out as the game goes on and he grows more confident. But even in other games, I, I would say it, it does persist throughout where sometimes it's not decision-making. Sometimes he just sails it. Or, it, I mean, some of the, the, the misses are just kind of strange to me. Does that make sense? And I was wondering if like you had where you thought that stems from. Is it a footwork thing? Is it a mental thing? Because I think that's probably my biggest concern about him uh, ahead of the draft. Yeah, I think the accuracy stuff is like fair. I I don't think it's bad, but it's definitely, you know, if you're taking a guy in the top of the first round, you would probably like it to be a tier better than it is. Um, The stuff at the beginning of the games, I I don't know what that is. Like, you know, Nate Nate has also brought up the idea that like maybe he just gets amped up. I also have the idea that maybe because like, Cincinnati's offense has so many concepts they're doing so many things that like it might just take him like a quarter to really settle into to everything that they're doing and get comfortable and get in a rhythm um it could be something like that and then also like you brought up I do think the footwork is a little bit of an issue um I think he in terms of like you know tying his feet to his eyes and like making sure he's always on time he's actually really good at that but sometimes when he goes to plant his front foot gets really really tight and that just kind of disjoints how your release is going to end up coming out. And I think that's why he sails the way that he does. Um, It's definitely something I would like him to get cleaned up. But again, I just think that he's such a smart player and has already shown some other progression that I feel like it can get ironed out enough. Um, And and also what's funny is like, to me, I feel like the idealized version of him is Dak. And truthfully, Dak has some of these weird sprays where it's just like, dude, you're a machine for 90% of the game. And then he just has these two throws that are like, like Chad Henney could throw that. Herbert, Herbert does that too, by the way, where it's, yes, like, yes, the, he does. What the hell just happened? But you know, you're <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, not and his look worse. Cause they come out a hundred miles an hour. Right. <laughs> oh shit. Like that's like a pitcher hitting like, you know, a batter or something. Um, yeah. I, two stats that I love that make me kind of buy into Ritter and his high floor um, of any of the top quarterbacks. He is the highest QBR when blitzed 88 very good and I think speaks to the intelligence you know the awareness of pressure um and then the other thing is he gets that ball out in 2.49 seconds we're gonna talk about some other guys who don't uh so I think again just to go to the point of like pro readiness this is someone who I think of all of the quarterbacks I'm not sure I have him number one I actually don't honestly I have the next guy number one but I think he's clearly the the quarterback who's most likely to succeed immediately in the NFL. Yeah. And the time, the time to throw thing too is fascinating when you pair it with, I think he has at least among these top guys has like the second highest average depth of target. Yes. Like those two things aren't supposed to make sense. And right. it's why I think he actually is. So as like, that's why I consider him a very aggressive quarterback is because it's, this is going to sound extreme, but like Brady does that all the time where yeah. he's throwing super fast and it's insanely aggressive. And Ritter is obviously not going to be that good ever, but it's the same like idea that you're trying to hit on. Um, the last thing too, I would say about Ritter, and this is like not necessarily an on the field thing. It's more of like a tangibles or, or something, mm-hmm. but I don't know if people remember this, but like Cincinnati was a horrendous program before he got there. The previous two seasons, um, Zach Taylor was calling plays for one of them, by the way. Uh, they were 123rd and 111th in scoring, and they won four games in each of those years. Mm. When Ritter got there and took over the job as a freshman, they won 10-plus games every year. They were winning bowl games, um, and they were like top 20 in scoring every year. And so to me, I think it's just 
there's something to being able to step into a program that young and like literally change its fortunes and become one of the best G5 teams ever. Yeah, I, I, that's absolutely right. And I think that I think NFL teams like that about Desmond Ritter too, right. um, from what I hear. And yeah, I mean, the, the team's good. Like when you watch, you can kind of throw uh, the playoff game out the window because they were so outmatched in that one as far as evaluating Ritter, in my opinion. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, he does like he, this is like the now fuzzy stuff. He's a competitor, man. <laughs> like when you watch him, you can see like, he is really like clearly the heartbeat of that team. Wow, I am being so like cliche. <laughs> we are, uh. but I feel like there is something to it with this guy. And maybe that's just like me coping and like finding a way to Kinda, justify quarterback yeah. one. But I don't know. I, I mean, there's something. it definitely he's like Dan Olavsky loves him. He's the quarterback's quarterback, right? Because the mental side is so far ahead. Um, all right. Well, I've got Malik Willis quarterback one. You've got him quarterback too. So uh, the case for him is pretty obvious. I feel like a million people have made it. It's just a home run swing, right? And if you miss, you miss. Um, the upside, this is the tools bet. This is the, I got Josh Allen wrong, so I'm not going to do that again bet. <laughs> this is the Justin Herbert thrives in the NFL bet. Um, this is the, holy crap, have you seen this guy throw a deep ball bet? Um there's a lot to be worried about. I would say, I mean, we talk about Ritter's accuracy, just the, just, just not a lot of intermediate game. Um, and he bails constantly, but unlike some of the other quarterbacks in this class, he's such a dominant runner. He's able to compensate for that. I, let me ask you, like, what would be your quibble with a team just take, making a huge bet on this guy because of the upside? I mean, truthfully, like I like I mentioned earlier, like this is the meta, right? Um, it seems like teams are just very willing to take tools and just swing for the fences. Um, and I get it because when every other team has a Superman, you want a Superman. So I get it. Um, even if I do think he's probably like the worst bet among these, um, or at least like comparable to what Josh Allen was coming out. Um, my problem with Willis is like, he's still my quarterback too. And I, I still have like a top 50 grade on him. I, I still get it. But like, he is everything I don't like about a quarterback prospect in a lot of ways. What? Um, and it, he just, I, I don't know. I don't Hating. like the way that he manages the pocket, which he, he really doesn't, truthfully. Um, yeah. He doesn't throw over the middle of the field at all. Um, and I think part of that is because he's short. I short, think people like yeah. forget that he's short because he has all these other tools. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, typically we associate, you know, these big armed, super athletic. Um, and he's built too. Like he's rocked up. He's like 225 you just associate that with being a guy who's taller. Mm. Um, but he's like basically six foot flat. And I think that kind of hinders what he's been able to do over the middle of the field. Um, and so that concerns me. And then he just comes from one of those offenses that like, they're not really asking him to do a whole lot. Um, and then even when they do, I think his tape there is like pretty iffy. So he just, there's so many of those like bridges for me that I, I can't yeah. quite cross. But then you look at some of the deep balls, you look at what he does as a runner. And I think, it's not just like his running is um, impressive. It's that like, it's so well-rounded. Um, like he can burn you with speed. He can beat you with quickness. And then he's 225 and he, he can runs just, like, like a running back between the tackles. He yes, runs like exactly. a running back. And by the way, that used to be like such a stigma. I think, you know, as we, in 2018, right. The Lamar Jackson draft, mm-hmm. all the crappy coded stuff about him, which is by the way, now in retrospect, like Lamar Jackson is was so much more polished in college than like most that, of these yes. prospects. It's absurd, uh, and, and ran a you know fairly complex offense. But um, 
the thing about Willis, so I feel like comfortable saying like this dude runs like a running back. It's not saying that he can't be a quarterback. He can be a quarterback, but he's an exceptional runner. I actually struggle to even comp him to, I, I, I could not think of a quarterback, um, a dual threat quarterback that he's reminded me of, uh, frankly, because of the physicality and elusiveness. It's such a rare combination. Um, and, you know, I think that arguably gives him actually like a little bit more of a floor in the NFL than maybe like we think of him as the high ceiling, high flo- low floor guy. Right. And I think that's fair, but I also think he's such a dominant runner that that's, this could go two ways. One, it could help him transition into the league because defenses will be so afraid of it and have to account for it. And, um, you know, it, it gives him the opportunity, to, op- the option to check down to his legs, which is something he did constantly in college. Or it could be like, oh, he's such a good runner that he's never go. He's always going to continue checking down to his legs, right? And uh, the development won't come. And that's just an unknown to me, Derek. Like, I don't really know because, like you said, this is a bet on development. It's definitely a super unknown. What I would say is, like, it's kind of like the, the Jalen Hurts argument, right? Because I think coming out, some yeah. people were kind of worried about what his floor was um, in a lot of ways. Because as a passer, I think he was he was pretty incomplete. But again, he was such an he was so good athletically that whether it was scrambles or designed runs, he he very clearly gave the offense like a way to function. Um, and I think Willis is, is truthfully better than that. I think they're pretty similar runners, but like Willis probably is just faster, truthfully. Um, and that's not even to take away from Hertz. I, I just think Willis is, is pretty insane in that regard. Um, the, the tricky part to me is just, you know, gauging development in college is always tricky um, unless it's super obvious, like a Lamar Jackson. Like if you watch Lamar as a freshman and then you watch him as, you know, I guess it would have been his junior year, completely different players. Like it's unbelievable yeah. the, the, the development that he made. Um, and then Ritter, I think kind of the same way with Willis to me, it just, I don't know if I saw that level of development and I know he only, mm-hmm. I think started for the two years, but I didn't see a huge jump in what his play was between 2020 to 2021. And granted, Maybe that's part of just because that system doesn't ask a whole lot. So it's right. kind of hard to see it. Um, and that could out- absolutely be the case. And that's why teams are going to convince themselves that this is a swing we're taking. But for me personally, that's just not something I can. That's not a bridge that I can cross, I don't think. Yeah, I feel you on that. I And also think like you, you talked about the sort of uh, unwillingness to use the middle of the field and how that's height related. I mean, we're in year 12, no, 2012, 10 of Russell Wilson. He still don't use the middle of the field. The, the thing is, I mean, Baker doesn't use the middle of the field unless it's like, you know, super schemed up and he's rolling out. I, I think like that weakness is not as much of a problem when a quarterback has such insane mobility and elusiveness, which is, you know, how Wilson was early in his career. Um, and now don't get me wrong. Russell Wilson is incredibly accurate to all three levels and like, you know, he's a very different quarterback. And, but I do think that's something that might never come for Willis, but you can also make a case that it won't matter that much if he's able to generate explosives, which is something he's done, you know, in college. I mean, some God, some of the off platform throws he makes are just, I don't know how he's able to generate that kind of torque. On the, it's exceptional um but you know it, the, he's there's a case i think that he's always going to be a little bit boomer bust in games like you're, you're counting on you're like okay this is not we're not going to consistently move the chains and you know run a normal nfl offense but with the floor of him running and then the potential for explosives this offense can still be really good 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely the path, right? And I do think because he's so good as a runner, that can like be your way into working a floor into the offense. Um, because like, you know, Russell Wilson kind of had that early on, but I think Willis is like clearly a tier two above that. Yeah. Um, and he kind of fix that. It's just, I don't know. To me, it's just, if you're going to be that guy that can not really throw the middle of the field in structure, you have to be like truly one of the three best dudes outside the pocket. And he certainly has the, the yeah. talent to do it. And he's shown insane flashes. Like you said, the torque that he gets, I mean, you've seen the Virginia tech throw, right? Dude, Where I he don't, like spins out of attack. I don't understand. I don't understand one. it. Let me throw this out. Do you think it's like, because he's short? I don't know a lot about human bodies, but, um, and because he's so strong, like his lower half is so strong. Do you think it has to do with that? I, I don't, is it like coming I mean, from there, his hips? I, there could be some of that because I know it, it, when you look at a lot of these lankier quarterbacks, sometimes they have trouble getting their limbs to you yes. know do all the things they want to do. I mean, Jared Goff has this problem. Uh, I mean, truthfully, even Desmond Ritter kind of has this problem for as much as I like him. He sometimes doesn't get as much torque as he can because I think he's just so lanky and yeah. weird that he can't generate it. Whereas Willis is a little bit more stubby in a lot of ways. And maybe it is just, you know, he's able to flick it um, a little bit faster that you way. Know what it kind of reminds me of, which is same, sh- a very different body, but also short is Kyler Murray. The way, yes. yeah, he's able to generate like all that torque and kind of just flick it. And you're like, what the hell? And I do, maybe it is a short thing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Baker's still got to figure it out, I guess. But. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I think like the other thing about Malik Willis is like, aside from, you know, he's probably going to get overdrafted because of the class and because of Herbert Allen and all that. If this was 2017, I would say he has no chance of succeeding in the NFL. But now we're in a year where like you've seen offenses like that. I mean, the Eagles offense with Jalen Hurts was really efficient down the stretch. And, if, and you see teams willing to do what Baltimore did now. Um, using the quarterback not just on zone read, but also like as a runner, um, you know, more counter power. I, I think that some of it might, like not confidence in him, but some of my excitement in him, and this is of course dependent on whatever team drafts him, is just that we're in a different moment in the NFL. I think from the the running perspective, absolutely. I, I mean, even Josh Allen, you can make the case, right? Especially early on, like he was a guy that you had to have the running aspect part of the yeah. offense and they were willing to cater to that and it worked. Um, and so I think definitely now that teams are a little bit more willing to do that, because um, for a while it was, I mean, it was really just Cam for a while. Um, yeah. And now I think to your point, yeah, teams are a lot more willing to be like, you know what? Screw it. We're just not going to do quick game. We're just going to run with the quarterback, and that's fine. The Allen one is weird because actually, even in the beginning of his career, when he struggled more, uh, he was okay throwing the ball to the intermediate level. He just was horrible at throwing it deep. And then whatever clicked, clicked, and he became a good deep ball thrower as well, which is obviously very different from Willis. Okay, enough, Willis. Enough. Josh, who did you compare to Tom Brady? You compared uh, Desmond Ritter to Tom Brady. Let's aggregate that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, who's your QB3? Um, QB three to me is just like I, I, the the next tier of guys after this are so odd to me. Um, I think it's almost just like a, a pick whatever you want. To me, it's probably still Pickett, even yeah. for as much as I don't like him. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, to, see, here's my biggest issue with Pickett. So, like, if you're gonna be this 24 year old five year player, four year starter, 
you should look something like what Joe Burrow was, right? Where you're just this automatic processor, nowhere to go with the ball. Your pocket management is unbelievable. Obviously, that's like pie in the sky level of what that should look like. But I think you should be that kind of processor. And he's just not. I, I think he's just really, really up and down. Um, and the trickiest part to me is like it feels very random when he can and can't process because he does have these moments yeah. where he'll go one to two hit a backside dig and you're like okay and then next he'll go like one to two to three hit a check down and you're like okay and then two plays later he just stares at a poster out and doesn't throw it and it's like hello like is somebody is nobody home like what's going on so yeah I, I, it's just so confusing to me that he's like that and th- this is going to sound maybe like a weird reasoning but part of why I'm actually a lot more okay with Willis's you know potential development is like to me it feels very clear where Willis struggles as a processor and so to me you can more Mm. easily like hone in on what he needs to work on or just work around it as an offense with Pickett it's a lot more unclear to me where and why he struggles and I feel like it's so random that it's kind of hard to like pinpoint and like fix it as a coach or an offense that's an interesting point because I think you know the kind of narrative around him maybe around the combine or before the combine was that oh this guy's like pro ready he you know he does full field reads and you would see highlights of him doing that like I, I saw right, like you know, he has moments there right? are yeah there are <laughs> clips like of him doing quarterback stuff but then when you watch entire games as you said there's also so many examples of him just bailing on clean pockets right and uh, and then he becomes a playmaker which I think is something that's very appealing to teams and Rightfully so. I, I'll say a nice thing about Piggott. I think he's probably the best at th- well, Willis is best at throwing on the like. He's the best at consistently throwing on the move, which I think is actually a, a reasonable criticism of Ritter's game. Um, you know, Pickett is he can create using his legs, and but more, most important, when he uses his legs and he does bail on the aforementioned clean pockets, he keeps his eyes downfield and he'll make pretty special throws. Um, but it, it really is a little bit all over the place. Uh, and I think that's what makes it hard for me to kind of, like you said, project, okay, well, what's he going to fix? You know what I mean? Like, is he like, what's, what's the path for him to becoming like, what is, what is the ideal comp for T- Kenny Pickett? Like the player who, if everything came together, he would be similar to. Like some watered down version of Tony Romo. You're gonna I say guess. Tony Romo. <laughs> <laughs> like that's as best as I can get. Uh, um, he's probably a better runner than that, truthfully. Yeah. Um, not that Romo was like a bad runner, but I think Pickett is very willing to. He, he almost has like an overconfidence as a runner, which is I, I think serves him well because he needs some other element to his game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Pickett's just such an odd character. The way I kind of framed it, I wrote about him a, a week or two ago, and the way I framed it was like, you know, if you're gonna take this 24 year old. Um, guy who's been starting forever, he should be a really good and consistent pro-ready processor. Well, to me, he's not. And then mm-hmm. to me, if you're not, if you're going to take a guy who's not a pro-ready processor and needs this development, he should have A-plus tools like Willis. Well, Pickett doesn't have that either. He has like good enough tools, certainly enough to survive in the NFL, but he's not, to me, like a super home run swing. So he doesn't really fit into this pro-ready batch, and he's not really a home run swing. He's in this like really odd limbo to me. Yeah. I think... I can see why like he's being over, like, you know, I was talking like Caroline on six because a lot of the traits individually are like traits that teams really like right now. You know, I talked about the mm-hmm. um, ability to create um, that second reaction ability, I, his ability, like, again, when he does, you know, hang in the pocket, he probably, and we talked about 
Willis struggling over the middle of the field. I also think Kenny Pickett, in addition to being like probably one of the better throwers outside when he's on the move, also throws some of the best balls with anticipation over the middle of the field. Again, it's just inconsistent. And I think that's, I guess that's my concern about all of this is like, okay, there are moments when I watch this guy where he does look like, maybe not watered down Tony Romo, but like, um, <laughs> you know, an NFL quarterback. But then I see all the other moments and I'm like, this dude's going to get sacked so much. I just, I don't know. Like, I think he's going to take so many sacks in the NFL. And um, and that's going to be a problem for him in year one, especially because I think teams do view him as a year one starter. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. It's just going to be like, you know, the pocket movement is really a big one for me because mm. it's not just that he is very, very prone to you know, looking to bail and just looking to make plays. And like you said, he is really good outside of the pocket, actually. his Willis's peak throws are better, I think, but the consistency yes. of, uh, of what Pickett does outside the pocket is actually really impressive. Like you said, he keeps his eyes up, knows where to go with the ball, doesn't really force terrible throws that, that often. Um, to me, it's just like when you get to the NFL, you are going to have to manage a pocket. Even if you are the best at playing outside the pocket, at the end of the day, you still have to manage the pocket. And to me, it's just really not there. And, you know, if he was a 22-year-old, like, redshirt sophomore, I'd be like, mm. you know what? I can see how this is like, he's young enough that maybe we can we can do this. It's just to me, with he he's so old, so experienced. He's so played old. so many games. It's just like, uh, what are we doing here? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I say so old. He's like, he's, he's not even 24 yeah. yet, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He Something that struck me. He has the, he had the, um, so we talked about Ritter being 2.49. Kenny Pickett, 3.12 seconds before passing. Do you remember how much shit Justin Fields got for holding onto the ball? He was at 2.96. I mean, a lot of that is because of the bailing and, and the, you know, the making throws on the move, obviously, but hmm, I feel like the same. And his, his yards per target, his, I think his average depth of target is like not, that high either like it's like mm-hmm. average ish which you would think if you're holding the ball that much you are like looking at really attack, ripping yeah. it down the field which that was the thing field right like that was the trade-off was right. he's holding the ball but he's also like the most aggressive quarterback ever so it was kind of like okay yeah interesting all right who you got at qb4 after that i think for me it's probably sam howell um and, and honestly truthfully on the right day i could probably argue howell over Pickett in my head um Ooh. because the way that I would frame those two is like, I'm not that confident about which one is the better player right now, but I can buy the idea of how a little bit better because I think he's more useful as a runner. Um, his speed is like whatever, but I think his balance and his like quickness um, is pretty effective, almost like what Dak was kind of coming out of college. Um, his deep ball is uh, obviously insane. And then he was this guy who took over immediately for a program and yeah. looked like an NFL quarterback right away. Not like a great surefire first round pick or whatever but like pretty much from his freshman year you were like okay this guy's going to be in the league um at some point Mm -hmm. um and I think all of that stuff mixed with the fact that I think he's pretty clearly or pretty handily the youngest quarterback um, among these top guys Mm -hmm. I just think I can kind of buy the idea of where his development might go more than I could a guy like Pickett yeah the, the thing the case for Howell in my mind we could talk about his traits in a second but in terms of like the dip in performances, like the UNC offense was so trash <laughs> last year, just very trash. Um, 
I mean, probably, well, I guess Liberty, but I was going to say probably the worst offensive line of the non, non-Liberty non division, although Liberty played easier competition, uh, just lose, lost all their skill players. And they basically asked him to be uh, like a runner, maybe more than, I mean, because the other quarterbacks were talking about scrambles. I feel like Sam had, well, I mean, again, Malik Willis, but he had so many designed runs. Uh, and what we learned is that, whoa, this dude's really strong and fast. And I think he's, a, he actually, I actually think he is, he has the rushing ability that will translate at the next level. Um, because unlike the player we're going to talk about at the end, he's very dense and kind of built like Russell and Baker, you know what I mean? Who are, I think Baker is the comp that comes up a lot, but, um, obviously it came at the expense of him running a nor I mean, it was just a totally high school situation for him and i think that again to your point like you can bet on the development because i it was just so bad yeah exactly and honestly like obviously the way unc's offense kind of deteriorated with losing all that talent yeah he looked a little bit worse as a passer just because obviously it was tough but like truthfully he was still like not bad and he was still fairly productive given what he was working with and then you know not to hate on Pickett anymore but like when you compare that to what Pickett was from 20 I guess, 18 to 2020, when that wasn't a very good offense, like Howell looked a hell of a lot better this year than Pickett ever did in any of those years. And Ooh. I think that that's pretty important um, for his development moving forward. So, and also truthfully, I think a lot of Howell's problems to me are mechanical and, you know, you, you never know if a guy's actually going to be able to fix those, but like his dropback footwork is horrendous. And he has this, uh, he has this habit of really leaning over to his left when he throws the ball. Mm. And I just think if you can iron some of that stuff out a little bit, he could be a lot more accurate. And and actually, like, I think he has a really good arm that he just doesn't let show all the time be, just because the way that he is, like, his mechanics are so bad. Interesting. But I think, like, when he gets it out on time in rhythm and it's clean, it's like, man, he, he has one of the better arms in the class, truthfully. It's just he doesn't let it shine as much as I think he could. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we talked about Malik Willis's deep ball outside of structure. I think Howell has the potential to um, maybe be the best deep ball quarterback within structure of this group, depending on, you know, what happens with Willis. I mean, it, he once a game, even in, like, the bad ones, he just throws a gorgeous go ball, like, just gorgeous, breadbasket, beautiful touch. Um, and I think that's tantalizing. Um, but as you mentioned, like, the other stuff just – regress so hard this year and i think that's something that teams are gonna have to do is to try to unwind okay well, how much of this is the quarterback versus how much of it is his situation um i don't know i i almost think of him a little bit like willis like this is one where i think like a team could make a bet you know what i mean and just see if it pays off but there's a, there's the kind of traits on display that are intriguing as far as upside goes yeah, I agree. And again, he's so young that, yes. you know, you can kind of sell yourself on that too. And then honestly, the one thing I actually do think he got a little bit better at this year was, well, I think he's always been really tough in the pocket. Like that's, I think, one of his bigger selling points. He's very willing to take a hit yeah. um, and just rifle something in over the middle of the field or something. But I think this past year, and this is maybe just like a product of how bad the offensive line was, but he really had some moments where he was navigating tight pockets um, and throwing with guys in his face. Um, like there was a poster. I, I can't remember what team he was throwing, but like he basically throws it with like his elbows going to hit his offensive line when he mm. throws and he still just rails this 50 yard post. And I was like, he can't do that consistently yet. But the fact that he's doing it a little bit suggests to me that there's like something there that could be untapped. Another short guy with a nice deep ball. <laughs> All right. From one RPO offense to another, uh, let's wrap 
with Matt Corral, unless you have Carson Strong over Matt Corral. <laughs> no, I don't. no. <laughs> um, at, at, at Ole Miss. Um, so <laughs> I, I actually think we talked about Matt Corral yesterday on NFL Live. I think he's the biggest unknown in the draft class because I don't know what the hell. Like, I don't know. I mean, you know, like I, the dude, he's the most college quarterback of these college quarterback. I feel like I'm being like talking in circles here, but um, he's a great college quarterback, but like as far because of the nature of the offense, because of what we saw him do because of his size, I, I don't know what translates here. No, I'm with you. He He's just because, you know, I mentioned it with Willis earlier, I, even though Willis is flawed, it's so clear where he's flawed that I feel like you can get a good picture of what he is as a player, even despite that. With Corral, it's just like the offense does so few things that it's like tricky to figure out exactly what he is. Um, Because like you said, so much of it is just this RPO stuff, which truthfully, I hate. One, I hate watching it, period. Two, with as much charting as I do, oh my word, that irritates me so bad, these offenses. I don't know what it is. I've just, oh my God. maybe it's well, just I'll, I'll tell you what it is. typing 20 things in a spreadsheet. I was going to say, <laughs> it's opening every Ole Miss game and seeing 100 plays and be like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. Watch all, I have to watch them all 100 of these. Anyways, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, and then, like, to me, his even his best traits, yeah, like you said, it's tough to see how they'll translate because, like, one of his, some of his best traits are, uh, one, his quick release, which I think that's obviously going to translate. That's, yeah. like, you know, that could be anything. Um, and then his accuracy is pretty good. But to me, part of my concern with it is he is accurate, but – they run so few concepts and they're reading so few things out on those concepts that to me, it's a lot easier to be accurate when you're repping that style of offense as much as he is. Um, And so like, yeah, when you're throwing the glance 20 times a game, you better be accurate on it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Whereas, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's a little different from Ritter, you know, going one to two to three or even Pickett um, being able to go to one to two to three, that sort of thing. So I think that is a concern for me. And then I know you have this concern too. His running is just, it's not going to translate. No. Like he was probably playing barely over 200. I think he weighed a little bit heavier at the combine, but he was barely over 200 during the season. And I, if that's what he's going to play at in the NFL, there is no chance that that's like a meaningful runner. He could maybe be like Zach Wilson where you're scrambling a little bit here and there, but he cannot be like a well, functional part of your rushing. And, and he's too ballsy as a runner. <laughs> Like, I yeah, mean, like he wants to he, get, yeah, he wants killed. contact. And I'm like, dude, not in the NFL. I mean, not even really in the SEC, honestly, half of those. It, it hurt him at the end of the year. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, I think like you, you hit on the things that are like, you know, to like the quick release. Um, you know, he's a very good facilitator of the RPO game. Um, he's good at throwing, by, by the way, short balls over the middle of the field and creating yards after the capture opportunities. Um you know, I think he does have playmaking ability, but it's just a huge question mark. And I struggle to even comp him, honestly, um, for that reason. Like, I'm trying to just think of, like, okay, who's an NFL quarterback, a starter, perhaps, who he reminds me of. And I just, it's... it's... Okay, this is going to sound really mean. Oh, no. <laughs> but the closest thing I had in my head to what he is, is what Blaine Gabbert was with Chip Kelly in San Francisco. Oh, boy. That's like the closest thing that I can get where he's like kind of can run a little bit. You don't really want him doing that often because he's kind of skinny and you're really having to like pare down the offense for a lot of these really simple play action RPOs type of deals. Mm. I kind of think both him and Pickett 
need to be in similar offenses. Um, Pickett, I think it shows has shown a lot more. Certainly, we we talked about there are like clips where you know he really um, does look like he has that processing ability that you you just don't see with Corral. I guess that's the the upset the case for him is that you just don't know because he wasn't asked to do much, right? Like as it yeah. like in terms of a like a normal passing game. So um, yeah, we'll see. All right, this is we're on pace for about three hours, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna hit pause in the quarterbacks, and then after but we're gonna talk. I think maybe with more optimism and positivity about these wide receivers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Okay, so Derek, this wide receiver class is really fun to me because there's not a consensus, number one. I think the overarching feel is good, not great. But I also think, you know, probably one of them will be great. Um, And it's certainly, I think that that good level is pretty deep. So I've had trouble ranking them. I've actually changed it a lot over the course of even the last month, who is your favorite wide receiver in this class? It's tricky because I have like a tier of three. And so I guess we'll get to we'll get to all three of them at some point. But my favorite is probably Drake London from USC, just because, um, you know, I think when you think about like, to me, it's just he's the guy who I think you can most clearly like put the offense on. You know what I mean? Um, I think you can make him similar to like what the Cardinals do with DeAndre Hopkins, where you're just making him this X, you're running him on a bunch of curls, digs, um, you know, downfield, uh, like back shoulders, all that, all that sort of jazz. And then I think he even has like, honestly, a little bit more wiggle to like throw screens and stuff than Hopkins might. So I think he's more just like, I think the guy that you can put the offense on and he can be like the floor of your offense. You know what I mean? Um, And so I think just for that reason, um, with his size, the way that he moves at that size, I just, I'm really, really in on him. What's weird about him is 
because he's this like weird kind of he has really long legs he's like this weird lanky mover who is way more agile than a guy his size should be it almost reminds me of actually watching like Derrick Henry at Alabama where his body doesn't really like match the way that he moves you know what I mean because he's so high hipped Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like it, it, he's just this odd. Uh, it's almost like an optical illusion where, like your 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 brain is like trying to trick you that he's this different player because he looks a certain way. But um, I just think he's a ridiculous athlete for his size. Um, his hands are incredible, and to me, I think the separation issues are overrated because USC's quarterbacks were. It's been a while since they've had a good one. I'll say that. Yeah, I think the separation issues also stem from the fact that every play they knew the ball was going to <laughs> right what, what, who, where else so, they, what, what else was that offense going to do he's not the quickest guy um but i think you mentioned something that i really love about his game which is just kind of the um shiftiness at you know mm. which i think there's you look at the height and the size and you hear a basketball player and you just expect him to be this kind of like i don't know lumbering yacht coasting down the field or what do people say about you think DK it's gonna Metcalf? be like a mike williams or something i was like dk Metcalf after the combine right the, joke, <laughs> the jokes about how he like couldn't turn but but yeah mike williams is a I, well i mean i think mike williams is not a ter- I guess terrible he's not a, i don't yeah. think he's that tall actually but yeah i mean you're probably gonna hear like all the tall guys mike evans uh Panton marshall um but i i think that's probably my favorite part of his game it's not just i mean it, Obviously, he's an incredible contested hatch wide receiver, but like the fact that he can move at his size and he can get in and out of his breaks pretty quickly. That's what impressed me the most watching him, just because I think you think it's easy to stereotype him as a certain kind of receiver. But when you actually watch, um, you see he's a decent route runner at his size and he's got some agility and and decent. I mean, it was, I think it was a Stanford game where I was just like, damn, like really impressed by his change of direction. And um, I think that all of that really translate at the next level. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, because he has the size, he has the contested catchability. He doesn't have to be like the best route runner and separator. He just has to like get over a threshold. Right. And to me, and I think to you, it sounds like he's pretty comfortably over whatever that threshold is. Yeah. I mean, the thing everyone freaks out about is Nikhil Harry, but Nikhil Harry was not agile. Nikhil Harry was the slowest player I've ever seen off the line of scrimmage in my life. (laughs) Man, I feel bad, but it's not comparable. I think concern no. maybe some drops. Um, you know, we'll see. I, again, you know, like I, 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 like I said, I think the separation stuff is a little overrated, but he is definitely doesn't have that top end speed of some of the other guys we're going to talk about. But I'm comfortable with him as wide receiver one. Can I tell you my wide receiver one? Which I now after it, I don't know. Maybe this is insane. My favorite after uh, watching them all. I don't know because I have another one that I almost considered, and I'm excited to hear if it's that guy. My favorite wide receiver in this class is Jameson Williams. Yes, is it, is I, it, oh, I love those. Two. Okay, yes. I I feel like I can't say that. Um, <laughs> like I I don't know. Uh, right now, it's like the consensus is Wilson or London, right? I mean, okay. So James Wilson kind of seems that way. Obviously, towards ACL, and that's when we talk about the draft. That's what is. I would be curious, like if he didn't tear his ACL, I think he'd be wide receiver one, probably. Um, but he is my favorite, and God, whatever team, whatever good team gets him, like after fifteen, God bless you. <laughs> I mean, what a, first of all, guys, well, actually let's talk about the ACL. I was about to say like very flippily guys recover from ACLs very easily all the time. But I think the one question I have, so my favorite part of his game is not his straight line speed, which is obviously incredible or was incredible. And I think we'll be fine after the ACL. Um, But rather the way in which, especially 
on deeper routes, he's able to modulate it, uh, to tempo it. And I think I, I said this maybe to you, like watching him, I almost remind, it's insane. Like they're not comparable necessarily, but it almost reminds me of Antonio Brown, that combination of not just stop start, but the ability to just shift gears so smoothly. It's like watching someone drive stick and they're the best driver you've ever seen in your life. And that's my favorite part of this game. But Derek, that's the one thing where I'd be like, oh, I want to see how it looks after the ACL. No, I, I agree. Because, yeah, the long speed will probably be fine. Because, I mean, if he loses 5% of his speed, he's still, still going to be a top best, five yeah. sprinter in the NFL. So I don't think that's big of an issue. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be because that's why he's able to do the tempoing stuff that he does and throttle up and down the way that he does is because his explosiveness is just yeah. crazy. Like when he decides to go, he's zero to 60 in an instant. Um, and I think that's what's so fascinating about him. Like when I first watched him, so I haven't, I don't pay as much attention on Saturdays as I used to. Um, and so I, you know, you, you watch him a little bit on Saturday. You're like, okay, he's super fast, blah, blah, blah. You turn on the film and you're like, is he the best route runner in the class? Like it, it's ridiculous to me uh, because he could run, you know, maybe the the same route three times. And if he's seeing different coverages, he knows exactly how to manipulate the corner. And that sounds like something an NFL player should be doing, right? But college players don't really know how to do that yet. And just yeah. the fact that he's already shown that he can do that is insane to me. So I'm really, really hoping he still has enough of that explosiveness to get away with that. Because to me, it's it's ridiculous the way that, that he can do that. And that quality, too, is what makes me not too concerned about the physicality. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really need it because he's so, again, it's like Brown. Like, yeah, he doesn't need it because he's so good at just breaking dudes off and pulling them and manipulate. I mean, it's taking the right angles. I don't know. I love the player. All right. Who, who are your next? Who's your next guy? My next guy. And I actually think he's, this is my tier of three players to me. It's London, uh, Jameson Williams. And then to me, Chris Olave. And I Ooh. think he's actually kind of like spicy the blend between the two in a way like London to me is like he's the meat and bones of an offense right like he he can raise the floor of whatever your offense is Jamison Williams is more of a flash he, he's bringing up the the ceiling of whatever your offense is a lot of it to me is like a little bit of a best of both worlds he's not quite the deep threat that um, Jamison Williams is in my opinion he's not quite the playmaker um, and he's not quite as much of a guy you can just like filter the entire offense through the way that London is but I just think his route running is so clean and so advanced for um, his age. And then you add that on top of whatever his long speed is. Um, I think he does well to catch balls outside of his frame. I just, he, he feels in a lot of ways to me, like a, a slightly worse, like Devonta Smith. Yeah. I think he's the most complete receiver yes, in this class. Exactly. I think the question is kind of like, how does his ceiling compare to some of these other guys? And we're probably going to talk about his teammate shortly, but um. He, yeah, he just can do everything well. But you mentioned Devontae Smith, and I think the main critique of Olave or the main concern is, again, physicality. I see it sometimes. He does get bodied a little bit at the top of his routes, but I also think his releases are so phenomenal um, that it often, and this is, I guess, pretty similar to Smith in that regard, even though he's like a little bit bigger than him, um, more than a little bit. <laughs> um, I think that he's able to avoid... It's not as big of a problem because of he's so good at everything else. Yeah, I mean, like he's thinner, but he knows that. And he's yeah. worked to get these skills to where that's not as much of a problem. And like you said, there's going to be, um, you know, a James Bradbury might be able to get into his frame and just bully him a little bit. And that's going to be the reality. But like, truthfully, there's only a handful of NFL receivers, period, who are like complete at every single thing. And um, I think the fact that he has this like minor blemish is not that big of a deal to me. 
Um, I will say the the other thing that people seem to be really up in arms about with him is his yards after catch stuff. But like, hmm. you know, it's not great. But also, I think it's also just like a product of the routes that he runs. You know what I mean? He's running a lot of stop routes or he's just running all the way down the field where he's just not getting the same amount of opportunities to do yards after the catch stuff, especially when you compare to his his teammate that we'll talk about in a little bit, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, that's an interesting point about that, because, yeah, that was kind of the other thing. Um, I guess the other concern I had, and I really like Chris Olave, and I also kind of like him more than Wilson, I think, but I'm still kind of figuring that out. Wilson has better hands and Olave is very good at tracking the ball and you know, his catch radius is really impressive, but his hands aren't quite there. I think um, he has some weird ones in traffic. Weird, yeah. Yeah. Catches, so, uh, <laughs> I do think you know, yeah. he gets open enough that I'm willing to live with it, but yeah, there's well, he doesn't drop the ball also, ones. which is uh, important. So it's like, oh, okay, you kind of caught that with your stomach, but you didn't drop it. So, um, okay. So I, I, is Garrett Wilson not your next receiver? Uh, he you true to yourself. Probably isn't. Um, I think it's, Boy. I haven't really decided if I'm higher on Burks or Dotson at this point. Oh my God, um, where is Wilson? <laughs> probably sixth. I just, wow. I have a lot of trouble with him. I, I just, oh. the, I, he's just a really tricky receiver for okay. me. Okay, well, we'll um, get, let's talk. So we want to do Burks next? Yeah, we, we can do Burks. Um, Burks is, Burks. he's such a bizarre player and I don't hate him. I just like don't know what to do with him. You know what I mean? Because they'll have, you would think this guy who is, uh, I mean, what is he, like 6'3", 225, he's rocked up, he looks like he could just he's a, punk yeah. anyone on the defense. And then when they go into bunches, they're hiding him so they can run slide routes. And it's like, well, you should probably be the point man, right? Like, you're huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, he just has like a really odd skill set. Um, but I think with the ball in his hands, he's just unbelievable. And truthfully, I think he's faster with the ball in his hands than he is without. I think unless he's running like a true go ball, he almost has this like, he throttles himself down because he's not perfectly comfortable running a, a lot of these routes and like finding open space but when he gets the ball and goes holy moly he's he, he's completely different than anybody else in this class I think yeah I think I was after the combine because he ran a kind of slow 40 and I think that started mm-hmm. to make people a little bit concerned but I'm posted <laughs> the clip of the touchdown versus Alabama right where he just throw he just hits the accelerator uh and and cuts and goes and beats like Alabama defensive backs and and i people are um highlight truths are the best and my imagine they're like well that's the the the, the cornerbacks who are just slow and i'm like dude that's like josh alabama yeah what are we doing here (laughs) um he turns into a running back with the ball in his hands it's amazing i i your point about how they hide him is interesting because yeah now that i think about it i'm trying to think of like did i see him beat press he that's that's what's so confusing right because he is incredible with the ball in his hands um but a lot of the stuff that you would typically associate with a bigger player he just doesn't do um like his you know yeah his beating press stuff is really he doesn't really have a technique it's just i'm stronger than you and eventually if i'm running a go ball i will be faster which is like true most of the time to be fair it might not be as much in the nfl but yeah he's also good at like um i would say like that you know you're gonna hear a lot about like the limited route tree but um, I do think that's something that he can expand at the next level. And of course, also, and this is where the, you're going to hear a million times the Debo Samuel comp, um, you know, the NFL teams will find ways to use his skill set now. Everybody wants those sort of versatile, um, 
you know, Swiss Army knives. I well, actually, let's wrap by asking you about that. Do you have any objections to the Debo Samuel? I realize it's like a rich comp, and like, you know, we're not saying he is Debo Samuel, but do you think that there's something there? To a degree, it's hard because like I just feel like Debo is like a one of one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Burks is really, really good with the ball in his hands. Um, he's fast. He's strong. He has good balance. But there is something about the way that Debo runs that like he has like the vision of a running back. You know what I mean? It's not just the ball carrying skills. He has the vision of a back. And I think that's what makes Debo so special. I don't know if Burks quite has that, um, but I still think he could be a really effective weapon um, in, in that role. I mean, like LaVisca Chenault was this for the Jaguars for a little bit, and I think he's just like a way bigger, faster Better, version yeah. of that. And so he could definitely do something like that. Um, the last confusing thing to me with Burks is he has like 90th percentile arms, but you can't always tell when he mm. goes up for the ball. It's really frustrating, which is to the point of he, he doesn't play to his body, but he has a lot of other insane traits, which is why he's just so weird. Yeah, I think this, this is, you know, we talked about the quarterbacks and the developmental side of it. This is a developmental receiver in some ways, but it's a receiver with very, very special traits, in my opinion. Um, and right, like if everything goes right for all of these guys, he's the best one. In the right offense, too. Right, like if the yeah. right coordinator gets their hands on him, he could be the best rookie in the class, I think, or the most productive one. All right, do you want to do Dotson or Wilson next? <laughs> Ah, we'll do Dotson. I got to lean into the. I love, I love Dotson. I'm like, I'm obsessed with him. Dotson is just, I think in some ways he's like Wilson in some ways, because they're both like kind of smaller guys who are really quick twitch. Crazy um, catch radius on both. Crazy. Yes. Crazy catch radius. The thing that I will say, and this is, I guess, a hint to part of my frustrations with Wilson is to me with Wilson, it's like very, stuck to the sideline like he, he makes acrobatic mm. catches on the sideline and maybe that's just a product of what they're asking like the routes they're asking him to run but when you watch Dobson he is going up climbing the ladder like over the middle of yep. the field in between safeties and stuff like that dude is a ball player and so those kind of guys I'm just gonna love every time um I, it's almost like I don't think this is a one-for-one one, but it, he has some of the same qualities that I enjoy about Elijah Moore, where he's just, he can play inside and outside. He's a lot tougher than his body suggests. And he can really go catch in traffic for a guy who is not really that big. Yeah. I What is he? 5'11"? He, I think he, he's like just over 5'10". He, oh my God. He doesn't play that size at all. I no, think he, he's huge. He plays like he's like six foot two or something. He also, it's crazy. I, um, I was sharing some clothes to him from a watch last week and, and, People were just marveling at how crappy the Penn State quarterback was, Clifford. Oh, but and it, it, it is not great, folks. But it also sets up incredible John Dotson highlights because he was just having to do so much. And like you said, doing it over the middle of the field on, you know, like in-breaking stuff and crossers and slant. I mean, he, to me, like maybe not the highest upside, but I see him in the NFL immediately. Like it's very easy for me to see him being uh, an incredibly useful player in a number of offenses just because of his skill set. Right. Like the size alone. And then the fact that he, you know, if you're going to be that size and be a true difference maker, you have to have like elite Deshaun Jackson speed. And I don't think he has that yeah. either, which is probably what's going to limit him to being more of like a high end number two, but he just does so much of everything. And like his route running is so, he does such a good job of like sinking into stuff and exploding out. 
Um, he understands like how to manipulate space. He yep. knows where defenders are going to be. He's just, I mean, we could probably go on and on. It just feels like all of the stuff of like, how do you create an uh, NFL receiver who's going to be good right away? It's mm-hmm. Jahan Dotson. Yeah, I mean, probably in the slot a fair amount earlier on, but mm-hmm. um, I think he has the ability to play outside too a little bit. You know, it, it, uh, he's better at beating press than someone his size should be. Like he's not great at it, but, no, it's but he has better a, than it should look. Well, he's got a, yeah. I mean, he's got a really nice release. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not to mention Nate Tice for the fourth time or something, but he had my <laughs> he compared him to Tyler Lockett, and I was just like, boom. That's it. Yeah. Like he reminds me so much of Tyler Lockett. Um, so yeah, I would, I think he should go first round. Obviously, you know, there's a couple of teams at the end of the first round who need wide receivers like Chiefs and the Packers. And I think he would be awesome there. All right, Garrett Wilson, let's end with your, tro- this is trolly. This is trolly. A little. A little. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I want to start by saying I like Garrett Wilson more than you. I think so. Probably. I mean, I still like, I would still take him in like the 20s. Okay. Well, let's talk about what, what you like about him before we get to the criticisms. Obviously, okay. insane, insane body control, catch radius, CD Lamb esque in that regard. Yeah. Like when he goes up for the ball, <laughs> like his peak, his peak catches, uh, you know, up above the rim are like probably as good as anyone but London, right? Like, like when yeah, he the goes up, ability it's, it's, is phenomenal. It's, really really impressive and the way that he can track it is pretty insane and then come down on his feet like a cat or whatever like it's it's pretty impressive when he goes up to do that balletic honestly it's what balletic i think that's how you pronounce it like a ballerina oh Oh, okay 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 i've never heard that but you know you learn something new every day i didn't think i would learn it during a garrett wilson podcast (laughs) or a garrett wilson segment but that's my comp for him Uh, anyway a ballerina yes a ballerina i also had a uh Instead of CD lamb, I was going with um, uh, vinyl lamb, but, but vinyl is actually better than CD. So I don't know. I got I got to work on my comps. Anyways, um, I also I've seen a lot of people do digs. I know you're going to probably say that's too rich, but I definitely see the similarities yeah. there. I, I see like the the framework, right? And like I guess digs was a later pick, and it kind of took him a little bit longer to go on. I just it, that feels rich to me for sure. Um, but I will say his stop start athleticism is, is really impressive. I mean, that's why they use him on a bunch of these screens, right? Is because when you catch the ball and you turn up the field and there's a defender in your face, Wilson has a pretty good shot of making that guy miss every time. Hmm. Um, which I think is really impressive for him. So I think even if I don't love him and I think overall, he's going to need some work as a player, there's like a clear role for him immediately. Hmm. And then his deep speed, I think is actually, um, pretty impressive. I think, um, you know, he's not like A plus or whatever, but he's very clearly going to be able to take the top off and threaten uh, defenses that way. So when you combine that with some of his over the rim ability, you can see how he's this like massive big play threat. But but I don't really love his route running. I think it's mm. do you get, okay, really, well, really clunky. Is it do you think it's just like a lot of wasted movement? Yeah, it's a ton of wasted movement. And I think there has I think the problem with his route running is just. I think we're we've conditioned ourselves to thinking that like because he's moving faster and doing more things that it must be better. But I think you really see a lot of these moments where he's just like hindering himself coming out of a break because he's taking this really weird like long step or he's setting up a way that he doesn't need to um, all that sort of stuff. I think he just gets in and out of his breaks a little bit clunky. The the you know counter argument would be that he's so explosive that in a lot of cases it doesn't matter. It's just. Yeah 
personally, I have a hard time squaring that. You know what I mean? So like there's kind of that Kadarius Tony thing where you're like, what are yeah. you doing there? <laughs> it, it's not quite that bad, <laughs> but it's it's definitely along the same. Yeah. Um, I hear that. I think that's something that you can definitely. Freestyling a little bit. I, I think that's something that you can definitely smooth out in the NFL, um, especially like you, you talked about, did you mention Olave and how good he was at manipulating and reading coverages? Oh, um, that's the thing with Olave too. And why, why I don't get that people think Wilson is a better route runner or Okay, let me let me backtrack. I think the reason people think Wilson is the better route runner is because he's a lot flashier and, and doing a lot more movements. Whereas like yeah. Olave looks like he's running the same route until he's not, and then he's just gone and he's open. And I think it's like, well, that's kind of boring. Yeah, but it works. But it's interesting. They, in some ways, they seem to be very similar players, like just from the outside because they both have like very good speed. They're both pretty twitched up. Um, you know, they're both. Uh, I think Wilson's shorter and thicker than Olave. So it's yeah. like a little bit, but yeah. um, you know, like they, they, there's a lot of similarities there not in terms of usage, but I think they're actually very different wide receivers and Olave is like, do you want the smoother route runner? Um, with Wilson, it's more like, do you want the crazy catch guy who maybe you don't have the same physicality concerns? I feel like that's probably a big reason why the, I, no, no, I, I, I actually, you think he's, you, you think the physicality is a concern with him? I think it's a major concern. I, well, well, it's, it shows up differently than Olave, right? Cause like you mentioned, Olave's release is so insane that it's yeah. usually not a problem there. But at the top of the routes, it can get a little, eh, you can bully him a little bit. I would say that, I think, yeah, the reason there's that perception though is because he makes so many contested catches. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause that, yeah, that would typically be what, because we usually, uh, typify those guys who go yeah. up for the ball like that as bigger receivers like a Drake London. So of course they must be physical, right? But my concern with it is at the line. Yeah. I think it's that's fair. Really bad. Like yeah. it's really bad a lot of the time. Like there are some times where it just it's not even just that he doesn't have a clear release plan to me. Um it's just like when you get hands on him, it's almost like he loses track of where he is on the field. So then he's cutting routes short or he's not breaking them off at the right spot. Just really odd stuff like he, he it, it's like he just completely loses his his footing as a receiver Ooh, the heat of this take all right <laughs> don't link it to me um okay before we wrap up uh as always dinks and dunks another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now it's time for Dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right? So guys, five questions for our guest, four from me, one from Lenny. Uh, Derek, I'm going to start by uh, sticking with the wide receivers and asking, you know, we, we went through the top, what was that, six or whatever. There's a couple of guys who mm-hmm. are kind of at the fringes of the first round. Um, outside of the ones we just discussed, is there any wide receiver you love in this class? I really like Pickens. Um, really? And I think it's, yeah, I think it's kind Interesting. of, it's like a le- it's like a lower version of like the, the deal with uh, Stingley, right? Where like Stingley was this unbelievable freshman star. And then everything after that, like, 
circumstantially got really weird for him and really tricky and it's kind of muddied his evaluation I think that's kind of where we're at with George Pickens but I just think the way that he can go up for the ball the way that he can bully people the way that I think he could probably be a really useful blocker in the NFL I don't think he's going to be a number one the way that it looked like he might have been as a freshman yeah but I still think he could be a really really nice number two um, and tone setter for, for an offense. Yeah, I mean, earlier in his career, I think his college career, everyone thought, oh, George Pickens, he's going to be like, you know, the next great X receiver in the NFL. And he's got it all the size, um, the route running, but tailed off a little bit, obviously, towards ACL beginning of 2021, I think, right? Or it was even before, like in the mm-hmm. summer or something, um, which has brought his draft stock down a lot. Is there a wide receiver in the NFL that he reminds you, he reminds you of? Not off the top of my head, truthfully, no. Yeah, it's yeah because that world where you're talking which about, which I guess makes which I guess makes his evaluation kind of awkward. It's right? hard, but with a guy with that size, and you know, we talk about him as a number two, it does get a little bit trickier, you know, like as far as projecting. Um, okay, last year's quarterback class redrafted. Um, I mean, shoot, I don't know if I would really do anything different. Um, Earl, actually, well different from my rankings. Uh, hmm. I would still take Lawrence first. I think, you know, he, the year was weird, but that team was so bad. I, I still think he's one of the best quarterback prospects we've ever seen. Hmm. I personally would still take Justin Fields too. Um, again, just a bad situation. It's probably not going to look any better this year. So that take uh. is maybe not going to age well this year. Um, and then I had Lance third and I would still do that. I think um, just because I still really believe in, in what he was as a player. He was so young and he looked polished in some ways not completely but I think he looked polished in ways that I thought could lend to more development down the line and then Wilson and Mac is where it gets trickier because I think Mac was like a little bit better than I thought he could be as a rookie yeah um but Wilson's potential is still just yeah I'll go Wilson just because I think um his potential is still just like two tiers better than whatever Mac can be even if I don't think he's close to it yet Oof. All right. I'm uh refraining from comment. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. Trust me, I do not think Wilson looked any good, but <laughs> um okay, question three. If you were a prospect, what would your draft night setup be? My draft night setup. Oh no. Um Hmm. I mean, we're talking house party, by the uh, way, or, or house. You're, yeah. you're not there. Like, so you can, you could even like rent out a, a space, you know, you just, I would honestly pro- like if I could do it anywhere. And if like the idea was to really dive into like who I am as a person and I'm just going all out or, or doing whatever, I would probably honestly like rent out the League of Legends LCS studio in LA. Like, I think that would be so sick. That prospect is not getting drafted. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) no, probably Uh, not. Okay. This is a good answer though. Very truthful. Um, Question four. I know this is just obviously we we were talking about what we actually think about the players, not where they'll be drafted, but right now, gun to your head, how many quarterbacks do you think go first round? Uh, Three. I think it's probably going to be uh, Ritter, Pickett, and Willis in some order. I think you're I right. really struggle with Corral, and I really struggle with Hal. Yeah, I think you're right. There's always a chance someone leaps into the end of the first round, and you know, like I don't know, one of the like Green Bay or Cincinnati or whatever trade down. But yeah, I think those are the three guys. It seems like the smoke is all kind of settling around them. All right, last question, as always, comes from Lenny. 
think last time he asked you about the League of Legends stuff, actually. Um, so Lenny's been listening. He's been, in, you know, obviously co-hosting. And he wants to know if Garrett Wilson is Offensive Rookie of the Year, we can cut this podcast up into like some tape to put out on the internet. Like a like a Herbert guy type of thing. You know what? Yes, absolutely. If he is uh, if he is Rookie of the Year, let's do it. Blow it up on whatever whoever drafts him. I'm down for it. Can't wait. Thanks, Derek.